Hey everyone, and welcome to It's the Breakdown Podcast with Dee Malone. I am Dee Malone. Today's lesson is titled The Training Ground. And so before we get too deep, let us pray. Father God, we thank you so much for being God. We thank you for all that you are and all that you are doing in our lives and in the world, Lord God. And so Father God, right now, we just come to you as humble as we know how, just to say thank you just to give you reverence, just to give you praise. We revel in your majesty, Lord God. Father God, right now, I ask that you decrease me and increase you, that you get the glory, not me, Lord God. I pray that you let the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart be acceptable in your sight. Father, forgive us of our sins, ones we know about and the ones we don't know about, Lord God. Creating us a clean heart and renewing us a right spirit. Touch every heart, every mind, every set of ears. Touch our spirits, Lord God, and let your word hit our souls so that we would be changed after we hear your word. Help us, Lord God, to be not just the hearers of your word, but the doers of your word. Bless us, Lord God, as only you can. Let this word be encouragement to our hearts and let it fill our spirits as we need. All these things in your name, Jesus, we pray. Amen. The training ground. Romans chapter 5, verse 3 through 5 assures us that we can rejoice too when we run into problems and trials, for we know that they help us develop endurance. And endurance develops strength of character. And character strengthens our confident hope of salvation. May the Lord add a blessing to the reading of his holy word. So last week we talked about the confusion, illusion, the distractions, and spiritual warfare. Well, this week he's given us other perspectives to our storms and hardships. I believe God wants us to change how we see the storms right now and forevermore. We see our storms as bad things and and he doesn't. Remember that time when Jesus was asleep during the storm? He wasn't worried at all. So we can take notes. See, the rain is meant to train and make things grow. Can seeds grow without the water? Without the dirt? No. So we need the rain. And God allows the storms to come to do things in and for us. He's allowing them for good reasons. We may not understand why we're in them, but we will later. And there may be strongholds that he wants to break off of us. Idols he wants to destroy out of our hearts. There may be some things that we may have picked up that may be taking up room in our hearts that are causing rot and decay to begin like a cavity in a tooth. Or maybe we have picked up idols and placed them in in our hearts where God should be in our lives. Whatever it is, God wants us to get back on track before we get too far off the right path. God allows the storms for purification, sanctification, and refining. We are to be holy like Jesus. It is all for our good. In the storms, training and preparation is happening for what is ahead of us. 
there's growth and strengthening and endurance that he wants to build in us. So let's remember that the testing that we've endured in school, we can't graduate to the next grade level until we have completed all of the work and the testing on our current grade level. And the same is in our walk with Christ. He's working in and on us to perfect our faith in him. And maybe, just maybe, like David in the field, we're fighting off the bears and the lions because he wants us to get ready for the tremendous victory that is ahead, training ground. And a good training ground story is when Jesus walked on the water in Matthew 14, 22-33. When Jesus sent the disciples across the water ahead of him to the other town, And the winds and the waves began strong and rough. And the disciples were in trouble. But Jesus knew when this would happen before it even happened. And he was there to walk on that water towards them at three o'clock in the morning. See, Jesus had been with the crowds before that and he had left the crowd so that he could go ahead and go and pray alone with God so he could get filled back up. And then he sent the the disciples off on their own because he knew what he needed to do with them. And he does the same thing for us. He knows what we need to do. So he sends us into storms just as well. And see, Jesus is omnipresent. God is omnipresent. He is everywhere at the same time he has already gone ahead and then comes back to be with us in the current moment and he sent them into the storm to do something to them it was to grow their faith and then when they saw Jesus walking on the water they shouted it's a ghost with all of the fear in their hearts And actually, the Bible says they were terrified, which had me wondering, how many ghosts had these men encountered that this was the first thought that came to their minds? Like, how many ghosts had they ever seen before? (laughs) But then Jesus tells them, don't be afraid. Take courage. I am here. But then Peter hears Jesus's voice. And says, Lord, if it is you, tell me to come. Now, y'all ready? Jesus never said, okay, Peter, come. He just said, come. But only Peter got out of the boat. And now the storm as they knew it didn't stop. But Jesus came and he brought the peace with him because he is the Prince of Peace So the peace came first. And we know this because when Peter saw the wind, the Bible says he began to sink. Why? Because he took his eyes off of Jesus. See, Peter knew where his help would come from even in that moment. Because as he was beginning to sink, he called out to Jesus, save me, Lord. Peter had lost sight of his peace 
in the storm when he took his eyes off Jesus, right? The Prince of Peace. The confusion illusion became real and the storm was Peter's focus. But great news, Jesus saves because Jesus reached down and pulls Peter up. But you know, Jesus, like true parent, he says, but why did you have so little faith? Why do you doubt? Jesus was also teaching them in this space about themselves. Their faith was low and their doubt was high. The disciples had so much fear that they stayed in the boat. They probably couldn't even understand how Jesus was walking on that water or how Jesus even knew where they were because remember, they went ahead of Jesus and they were a distance off from where Jesus was. Jesus came to their exact location. But there they were with Jesus. Now, is that us? So afraid and bewildered to step out on faith and draw near to the Savior for help? We don't even think God knows where we are in the storm. Do we become bitter instead of becoming better? Or are we like Peter and step out and go to lean into the Savior? But when one wind blows, we allow ourselves to doubt his presence and power and begin to sink. See, God wants us to wants to get us to trust that he has us. He desires for us to grow in our weak areas so that we can graduate to the next level. And in order to do that, it will take some testing, some storms. Hard times build us, not the good times. And it's all for our good. God does not bring the trials and the tests or the storms and the hardships and the grief to harm us. He's not a mean God. He knows what it takes to get out and in us what we need to be who he's created us to be. And now can I tell you something? Another reason the confusion or the storms and the hardships happen is because of our choices. It's because of our choices. Sometimes we don't make the best decisions for our lives. And those decisions come with a price that we end up paying. Now, don't, don't get me wrong. God shows us mercy and his grace ever abounds in those times. But we still got to pay. And now I'll admit that we sometimes blame all of our storms and all of our hard times on the enemy, giving him all of the credit. But the truth is that sometimes we are dealing with the results of our choices and we must be held accountable for what we think, say, and do. And the Holy Spirit had to correct me and he allowed me to see that we can't give the enemy so much credit. The enemy must ask for permission like he did with Job. 
There is a hedge of protection around each and every one of God's children. And the enemy must ask before he does much of anything. And listen, it's easy for us to want to blame it on someone else. But think on this. The children of Israel were in the wilderness so long because of their rebellion and disobedience to God. Their thinking and their actions were all out of alignment with God's will. They wanted to do what they wanted to do. And sometimes that's us. But see, God loved them and us so much. See, God was providing for them, saving them. And they were complaining, built false gods and worshiped them. What a slap in God's face. Now, if we were God, we would be hurt too. Yet, God who is love, loved and cared for them. He kept them alive. Their clothes and their shoes never wore out. They never went hungry and they had shelter the entire time they were in the wilderness. Can we see the resemblance? God was safeguarding them and disciplining them with love and compassion. And he disciplines us the same way. Much like a parent corrects a child, God corrects us. And we should be grateful because that means that he loves us. He wants us to be more like him, so he corrects us. And it's painful, and it seems stormy, and sometimes it may seem a little confusing, but it's purposed, again, for our good, and ultimately for his glory. So again, let us be grateful. So understand that when we play the blame game, we can be missing out on what God, the Lord our God, wants to do and is doing with, through, and for us. And I say that because that means our focus is on the wrong thing when we're trying to blame someone else. So we can't see the Lord and experience him in full because we're avoiding what we think he'll do to us. We're trying to avoid the punishment. And as children, we blamed others to avoid punishment out of fear. But God says perfect love casts out fear. And if we fear, we're... We've not fully experienced his love. That's, that's what 1 John 4.18 tells us. God is maturing us through these storms. The hard things, grief, and the discipline. He's not doing it to hurt us. He's doing it to keep us from harming ourselves and others in the future. Lamentations chapter 3 verses 31 through 39 the message version and Galatians chapter 6 verses 7 through 10 New Living Translation version tells us just that. See, God is in control of everything. God knows exactly what is going on and is not surprised by any of it. He wants us, his children, to recognize our sins, confess them, repent, and work to do better. He wants us to desire to do his will. So he's not a mean God. He wants us to learn our lessons. So please believe he has already accounted for our mistakes and does not condemn us. He wants us to change and he doesn't want us condemning ourselves. He doesn't want us beating ourselves up and becoming bitter. 
that will just lead us to giving up on him and ourselves. That's not the way to go. That's what the enemy wants us to do. That's his tactic. God has a heart for his people, even in our shortcomings. But we are not to forget that God is not mocked. So whatever we sow, we will reap. But the reigning is training. So don't fear it. Be glad in it. As James chapter 1 verse 3, New Living Translation says, He doesn't want us to be crushed by it. Know that although it's difficult now, it will pay off well. Good training always pays off and matures us. It benefits us in the end. And as we read, Romans 5 uh, verse 3 through 5 assures us that we can rejoice too. When problems come and trials come, it is for endurance. It is to build up the strength of character. It is to give us a confident hope of salvation. So God wants us to get to the next level. And Hebrews chapter 12 and verse 11, message uh, version says, Let us know that the peaceable fruit comes from our suffering in being disciplined. So know that his anger is for a moment, but his favor is for life. This is where we trust in the only one who knows our future with our today. We have to trust him for, with our today. He tells us in Proverbs chapter 3, verses 5 through 12, Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Do not depend on your own understanding. Seek his will in all that you do, and he will show you which path to take. We are to trust the Lord fully and do not think that we know it all. Some things we do bring on ourselves, yes, by not listening to God and leaning to our own understanding, but God doesn't leave us to suffer without his tenderness. If we look, we will see God's merciful hand on us there to help us. See, Peter started sinking because he stopped looking at Jesus and he stopped believing that Jesus had his hand on him. His sinking was a result of his actions due to the fear he had in his mind and in his heart. But Jesus reached into the water and pulled him up. And like Peter and the disciples, some of us do experience that fear in the storm. And that's where the confusion illusion comes in. Those fearful thoughts are not our own. They are from the enemy. But we are responsible, though, for taking captive those thoughts and making them obedient to Christ. We have the power and the authority to change our thoughts and exchange them for God's truth. The Lord tells us, do not fear, I am with you. Do not be afraid, be courageous over 300 times. Because God never gave us the spirit of fear and timidity, but of love, power, and sound mind. That's in 2 Timothy 1 chapter 7 God knows that in those storms, our emotions will come into play and our minds will be under attack. So our thoughts would need to be controlled to keep everything else in line. 
Because so a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. The battle starts in the mind. That's why we lean on him and not pull away from him. That's why he tells us, draw near to God and God will draw near to you. He knows that apart from him, we can do nothing. But through Christ Jesus that strengthens us, we can do all things. God is our very present help. Now, don't misunderstand me. Spiritual warfare is real and is happening heavy in the spiritual realm and in the natural world. But some storms are wilderness lessons and some are consequences of our actions. And it's easy to confuse them if we haven't tuned into the Holy Spirit. And now I believe that the spirit of heaviness that some of us are experiencing is a result of two things. Yes, the spiritual warfare, the confusion, illusion, the distraction. The winds are blowing to get us to lose focus and to sink because there is a shift taking place, a new level, a graduating class, and the enemy wants to stop it. But he's already been defeated. But it is also a result of some of us not still getting still and listening to God. And it's a consequence of some of our actions. So it's disciplining time. See, again, the children of Israel stayed in the wilderness for 40 years because they were not learning their lessons. But Jesus stayed in only 40 days because he was under the will of God and he submitted to God. See, we can delay God's plan for our lives when we fail our tests. Jesus passed his test every time. The children of Israel failed repeatedly, prolonging their wilderness time. So instead of running from God and trying to hide from our storms or trying to fight the attacks with the wrong weapons or blaming the enemy for our wrongs, let's call on the name of Jesus and rejoice that we are being matured, corrected, and tested for our next level. Let us be thankful in all things. Thankfulness changes our hearts and visions to be on him and his faithfulness and goodness. We see him and his love in that space. Let's follow God's will. Let's do what he says to do. Let's lean on his understanding and not our own. We can graduate on time or we can get left back. It's up to us. This is our training ground. Let's not allow the confusion illusion to cause us to take our eyes off God and sink. Before I go, I have to tell you the ending of the Jesus Walks on Water story. Remember when Jesus pulled Peter up and they climbed into the boat? Guess what? That's when the storm stopped. Then is when we heard from the disciples through their worship they started saying, you really are the son of God. So don't miss this. God will get his glory after our storm. See, the storm is for us, but not about us. It's about God's glory. Peter was the only one to come out of the boat so the other disciples could witness the Lord's saving power. 
People need to see us go through our storms and tests to see God's power and give God his glory when we come out on the other side victoriously. We overcome by the blood of the lamb and by the words of our testimony. God's plan and his desire is for him to be glorified. God will get the glory out of our lives. Let's pass our tests and graduate. The next level is waiting. Let's bring glory to our king for he is worthy to be praised. Let the rain train. See, because trials and tribulations will come, but take heart. Jesus has overcome the world. John 16, 33. So I'm going to pray us out. And I love you. Be blessed, but more importantly, be a blessing. Let us pray. Father God, we thank you for your word, your eternal power, your eternal grace. We thank you, God, that sin abound, but grace much more abounds. And so, Father God, as we go through our trials, our storms, our hardships, our tribulations, we thank you, God, and we count it all joy. For God, we see that you are maturing us. We thank you, God, for what it is that you're doing in, with, through, and for us. And we thank you, God, that you will get the glory out of this. We thank you for the breaking, the pressing, and the beating. We thank you, God, for the oil that is coming out of us, Lord God. We thank you for the anointing, and we honor you, God. We thank you, God, that you are God and God alone, and we give you all the glory and all the praise. And we ask you, Lord God, that all things be done in order and decency as you would have them to be done. And we ask you, Lord God, that we be who you've created us to be and that we do what you have created us to do. And we give you all the glory and all the honor. All these things in your name, Jesus, we pray. Amen. Hey, Breakers. So I just wanted to give you a little more assurance about your storms and to let you know that Jesus knows and he's with us in our storms. So let's look at uh, Mark chapter 4, verse 35. And it is titled, Jesus Calms the Storm. See, they were setting across to go to another town. And this storm came and it was fierce. It was like almost uncontrollable. Of course, we can't control storms, right? So this storm is out of control. And the disciples are terrified yet again but Jesus is with them in this boat but they are so terrified that they forget about his power and that's sometimes how we are we're so terrified that we forget about the fact that Jesus is absolutely present with us and that he is all powerful All power is in his hands and that all we have to do is remember that he is present and look to him for our help. So the the, the disciples are like, wait a minute, we got Jesus in the boat and they go and he's like, teacher, don't you care that we're going to drown? What? Like what? What you're doing? But here's the thing. 
Jesus is chilling. Jesus is absolutely fast asleep. And I had mentioned that um that Jesus in 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 this parable in this story, Jesus is knocked out asleep. And it it was so mind-blowing to me that this storm is crashing up against their boat. And we don't know how large this boat is, but it had to be large enough to be a level where Jesus could literally have a whole pillow and be asleep. So he's probably on one level and they're on like an upper deck level and Jesus is knocked out while the winds are and the waves are crashing up against this boat. So Jesus in our storms is calm. He he knows the beginning and the ending. He knows how this is all going to play out. We don't. He knows the past, the present, and the future. But because we don't and we want to be in control of it all, we tend to get nervous, anxious, and afraid because we think that we have no help. But our help is calm. We got to take notes. If he's calm, shouldn't we be calm? If he's not afraid, we shouldn't be afraid either. So Jesus gets up because they've now awakened him because they're like, wait a minute, bruh, don't you see we finna drown? Help us out. So Jesus gets up and he's like, why do you doubt? Why, Why are you afraid? And then he stands and he says to the winds and the waves, peace be still. And the winds and the waves stop. And there is a great calm. Suddenly, suddenly, the winds and the waves stop. The storm ceases. Jesus is like, why are you so afraid? Why do you have no faith? And I believe he asked us the same exact thing. But I want to give us a little consolation. We can say the same thing in our storms. Peace be still. Because we have the power and the authority. Because we have Jesus on the inside of us. For greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. So we can say, peace be still. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will come over us. And we can feel the peace come over us. The storm may still be raging, but we will feel that peace. But we have to trust that God is there. We have to trust That he is in the midst of our storms. 
and that he has us in the palm of his hands and that he will help us to take care of the storm that is raging. Not every time will the storm stop, but even if the storm does not stop, the peace is available. So I just wanted to give us that so that as we are going through, we understand that God is our present help and that we don't have to go this alone and that we don't have to go without the peace and that peace be still. Sometimes he will stop the storm, but sometimes the storm won't stop suddenly, but sometimes the peace be still will come right away. Just like it did when Peter and the disciples were out and Jesus was walking on the water. So I pray that this encourages you and that it blesses you and that as we are going through, we have the the encouragement that we need and that we take this word and we hide it in our hearts so that when we need it, we can pull it out and use it. So let us pray. Father God, we thank you so much for your word. We thank you that it is is for reproof and correction, but it is also for edification. It is also for building us up and it is also for strengthening and, and helping us, Lord God. So we thank you, Lord God, that this word shall go forth and it shall do what it is set up to do. And we thank you, Lord God, for your peace. Be still. We thank you for our storms and our tests, that it is growing us and maturing us. We thank you, Lord God, that you love us so much that you're correcting us. We thank you, Lord God, for what's on the other side. We thank you for favor and abundance. But we thank you, Lord God, that we will be able to be who you've created us to be and do what you've created us to do. But ultimately, God, we thank you that we are giving you and you are getting your glory. Because that is your desire, your plan, and your mission. So we give you, our King, your glory. And we thank you, Lord God, for all that you are and all that you are doing. All these things we pray in your name, Jesus. We love you. We honor you. Amen. Be blessed, everyone. But more importantly, be a blessing. Have an amazing, greatly blessed day. Take care.